Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. W W W A S I 
dash o r g dot net. Again, that's www dot a s i dash o r g dot net, and that is the African Scientific Institute's website, where Doc Mr. Lee Cherry is president and CEO. So if you visit the website now, open it up, get a little feel for Mr. Cherry and about the work that he is leading with the African Scientific Institute. Are you back, Jim? Yes, I'm back. Uh, Lee, Lee is in the process of traveling, and uh, I guess at the hotel he's, he's asking that uh, we call in to him. Okay. Uh, which um, I, I, I actually can do. Um, okay, I see it. Alrighty, so okay, but you don't want to give the number over the air. So, are you going to call him on a three-way, or did you want to uh, instant message me the number and I can call him? Uh, yes, I think what I'll do is uh, I'll try to connect him up on the three-way. You know, he's so busy, he's on his way to uh, D.C., and then he's going to uh, Germany after that. We're kind of lucky to catch his time. So let me try to connect that up while you explain uh, the concept of urban tech fair to our listeners. All right, then. I definitely will. So as Jim connects up, um, as Jim begins to connect Lee Cherry, our special guest for this evening, I just want to share with you about the Urban Tech Fair. The Urban Tech Fair is a national, gone global showcase of basically what is possible in your neighborhood through technology and collaboration. It's demonstrating that Silicon Valley exists in your own backyard. And we're going to show you how to discover the Silicon Valley in your own backyard through our three tenets of access, education, and commerce. Our urban tech fair manifests in various cities, and right now, they're supposed to start with 10, but we honestly got um, about almost 20-some cities, and we have Bermuda and a couple other um, countries in Africa willing, wanting to come aboard. So between 2013 and 2014, we will be global. And, and go into each city, and it manifests as a 30-day cloud and ground experience. And it's just really exciting because while we're doing nothing nothing really new, is the innovation, how it's presented. And we are... Even though technology, sometimes our technologies have a, have a tendency to get us into our tent corners and our separate solo spaces. We want to bring everyone out to interact and discover who's right in the hood and who can help you, who you can help, how you can leverage and develop your own community and that you don't have to come all over to Silicon Valley because the Silicon Valley, which we define as innovation, resource, and talent, is right there in your own backyard. So, um, Jim has dropped, but he's going to come back. going to come back. You know, with this 30-day cloud experience, when we hit the city, each city develops its own organizing committee, and we have people all across the country who have volunteered to lead their city in an urban tech fair and each then they form their own organizing committee after you form your organizing committee you select a college to partner with a local university or college you select a commercial carter in a neighborhood and this can't be your downtown or your central city we want a neighborhood a place where you know everyone lives a commercial carter that exists within the neighborhood that's feeding a local community. And then you also partner with the local BDPA chapter in your area. And the BDPA is the strategic partner of the 
Urban Tech Fair, the National BDPA. And if you want to check them out, again, in this interactive format, just go to www.bdpa.org. And so after you have your committee and your key cornerstone partners, then we just, you work to organize it and we give you a great structure and outline and you customize it to what's relevant in your community. So we have a, it includes a three-day virtual expo, a seven-day fair on the ground, and we establish within that commercial corridor a Wi-Fi cloud for the 30 days. So we kick it off with um, showcasing a Wi-Fi cloud, a press release, and, I mean, I'm sorry, a press conference, our video contest, and you make all whatever announcements, but it all happens right there in a commercial corridor. So we said we're providing access and education while driving commerce. So we strategically drive commerce to our local businesses and um, at the same time get everyone to come out to experience technology, to share it, um, for speakers and every different, all the different things, whatever you um, want to happen, and so as creative and as unique your, your as your community is, so is your urban tech fair, and that's what's exciting. So it does take a standard format of a 30-day cloud and ground experience, but each one is unique, has its own perks, has its own content based off of what's relevant in that city. So um, right now, okay, okay, um, we have in our chat room Prime Primo in the beginning. He's sharing some information with us. He's stating there are websites I have found that teach advanced concepts such as nanotechnology, but it's taught in a very accessible way to young people. Which, thank you, Prime. That is great. And this is the type of information that we share with one another at Urban, Urban Tech Fair. And so that you find that there are a lot of great resources there for you. And you'll find a lot of great information, especially for his education, a lot of opportunities to to learn, honestly, free. To learn technology, to learn free, to get certificates, degrees, um, at low cost or for free and special education, and you have opportunities to be mentored. And so these are the type of, this is the type of information we bring to you in regards to education. Now we're going to bring Jim back on the line and Lee Cherry, and I just wanted to share with you the background wonderful music you were hearing is Autobahn by Brian O'Neill. So the lines are open. Jim, Lee? How are you yes, doing? doing? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing fine. Great. So you are a busy man, Lee Cherry. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to be busy like yourself. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, I was saying how honored we are, Lee, that you've taken out the time. I know that you're in um, a transit to... Um, Washington D.C. and then I believe uh, you're leaving the country. So I know uh, yeah. the African African Scientific Institute is a international organization, and you, as the president, are involved in many different facets. So, uh, as Jackie likes to say, seeing that we've gotten on a little bit late, why don't you give us, uh, Jackie? How do you say? Give us a minute and explain about the real Lee Cherry and how you became to uh, be involved in the African Scientific Institute. Let's get to know the man and then you claim the fame. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Basically, I was a student uh, that decided early on in high school to go into engineering. Uh, However, when I got to college, I found that um, several of the teachers did not really appreciate us being in class uh, African Americans being in classes uh, for engineering and certain higher levels of math. So some of the students we got together, African American students got together, and decided to support each other 
uh, to make sure that we were able to uh, pass these classes. And, and this was in the early 60s. Eventually, we joined in with uh, other organization. Uh, it was called the African American Association. There are people in it, so, such as Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seals and Ron Karinga, all the revolutionary brothers. But we stayed in the science and technology component of that association. Later on in 1967, we decided to branch out into what was called Dignity Institute of Technology. Later on, it was changed to the African Scientific Institute in 1975. Excuse me. Uh, but anyway, we just went around and uh, helped students to, to stay in class, uh, um, to support wherever we could provide for them. We had different functions. We got people uh, jobs uh, when they graduated from, from uh, the university. It was basically initially started out in the Bay Area in California. And as individuals uh, joined in with us and we worked on projects and activities such as the Science and Technology Awareness Fairs, um, producing the Black Science Calendar, what winds up happening is that the organization just kept growing and growing. And then eventually when we decided to have a gathering over uh, in France with the UN, uh, <laughs> we wind up going international again through the uh, – Push and the support of individuals that uh, work with the, uh, the institute, and uh, we've been growing ever since. We now uh, have people in 67 countries. There, uh, 662 bright people, such as Jim Newsom, that is tied with us. So we're just excited about the growth and some of our future direction. That is great. Uh, you guys have some wonderful information on your website. Uh, this show is being uh, recorded and is available for download on iTunes, as all our uh, Urban Tech for Digital Drummer shows are. So why don't you tell the people the uh, URL, uh, how to reach uh, and find out m more information about the African Scientific Institute. Okay. Uh, our URL, our <laughs> website is www.asi, that's Apple Sam Internet, dash org, that's O-R-G, dot net. And we are excited to have people go on and uh, get more information about us. We are excited uh, to have people uh, procure our directory of about 470 ASI fellows. They get some short snippets of information about these individuals. And uh, you'll see some of the programs that we have uh, been working on currently, and uh, we're working on listing some of the things that we've been doing since 1967, at least 71. So uh, you get this information on our website. Again, the African currently involved in activities that is, um, one, the African Union is having a gathering in Washington, D.C., uh, talking about the five legacy projects that emanated from the Civil Society Declaration that we put together uh, and were ratified by all the African countries, at least 50 of the African countries and other countries in which a lot of uh, black people reside. Um, there are five legacy projects coming out of that. Uh, that document is, again, on our website. But a workshop is being developed now to address issues about how do we uh, uh, volunteer to help the African Union. How do we um, better handle money that transfer from the diaspora, African diaspora, to Africa? Uh, how we could better have a skills database? All this is being talked about this week. And uh, Herschel uh, uh, Daniels is representing us, Jim Hope, Eddie Neal, and uh, Ifi Inkwa. They are all representing ASI at this event. Uh, also in April, uh, some of the ESI people are in Germany working on African diaspora uh, participants uh, in, 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 from the African uh, diaspora that's in Europe. Uh, so that's going on. Uh, we plan to have a global STEM capacity uh, discussion based out of Chicago in September. So we're just moving uh, forward as much as we can. We also are working to partner with a uh, for-profit organization uh, to build uh, projects on the ground in Africa. 
You know, that's fantastic. You know, it seems that you guys are more than just an academic scientific uh, organization that you're involved in uh, social change and uh, policy as well. Well, some of the things that, uh, as you know, uh, Jim, anytime you develop something technologically, it has impact uh, in folks' lives. Just like the things that you're working on is broadband technology. It's going to impact people. Uh, the technology that we're using today impact people. So, um, yes, we have to understand if we want to be responsible what impact uh, developments in science and technology is having on the public. So we do partner with people who are uh, sociologists, psychologists, and so forth, even though we are in the hard sciences. Jackie, uh, do we have anyone yes. in the uh, chat room with a question or online that wants to ask yes. uh, Lee, Lee Jerry? Yes, we have both. Um, in the chat room, Prime wants to know, is Dr. James S. Gates familiar or associated with ASI? Uh, Jim Gates? Yeah, Jim Gates, uh, he was an ASI fellow until we got Jonathan Farley in, and I guess they had some kind of squabbles between them. But, yes, I'm quite familiar with Jim, and we uh, communicate from time to time uh, with each other. Yes, I'm familiar with Jim Gates out of the University of Maryland. Okay. Now we especially, have another. Especially, as you know, is on um, uh, chaos theory uh, and also string theory when trying to understand what's going on in space in the universe. Okay. Now, and, uh, before we go on, uh, wasn't that the uh, the, the uh, doctor, uh, the professor, that got involved in science because of the uh, death of his father? Uh, death of his father. Let me see. You talking about Jim Gates? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Several of these individuals, Dean Carson and, and all of them, uh, were influenced by something happening uh, in their family. Um uh, like Dr. Uh, Levi Watkins, he even his father though was a cardiologist, but Levi had to uh, work on his his father's heart um, as a surgeon, and he helped develop the uh, internal uh, to your heart defibrillator. So uh, yeah, there are people that are driven by something in their background, and yeah, Jim Gates is one of them. Ben Ben Carson. Yeah, everybody's driven by something, you know, and and you have an interesting story yourself, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> well, the show now is we... about you. It's about our, uh, the organizations that are working with us to create this uh, uh, exact this this event we're calling the Urban Tech Fair. We're so uh, happy and honored that uh, you and the uh, ASI African Scientific Institute is willing to collaborate with us and provide your brain trust not only here in our local events in the U.S., but also with the work in, that you're trying to establish in, in Africa and other countries as you go about the world. I'm sorry, Jackie, yes. you could go to the next call. <laughs> okay. Yes, but thank you, um, Lee, for yes. uh, your support. Thank you. Now, we have yes. a caller from the 310. Hello? Caller from the 310? Can you hear us? Okay, maybe they're having a little problem with your phones because we can't hear you at this time. Can you hear me now? Okay, go ahead. Yes, we can, we can hear you now. Okay, great, great. Yes, yes, yes I can hear you. Is Brother Cobb from Los Angeles, California? Oh, Hello, okay. Hello, sir. Wesley, how are you doing, brother? I'm great, I'm great. Just wanted to give greetings to uh, Sister Jackie and... Brother Jim and and of course uh, your guest uh, Brother Lee Cherry is good to hear him online. Um, I had a, I had a couple of questions I'd like to ask, um, and also I'd like to ask um, Brother Lee if and I came on a few minutes late, so I'm not sure if he did this in his introduction or not, and and he may be kind of shy about doing it, but I was wondering if if he might share his own you know, um, beginnings in the movement uh, in the Oakland area also. Um, and my, my second, my second uh, question is uh, if, if he could uh, just sort of word about um, Jesse Russell's um, involvement in the uh, in ASI and also the, the, the 
the last and third question I want to ask um, specifically is there's always a need for in any in any you know movement there's always a need for um, an effective and efficient communications uh, network to be uh, established and I wanted to know if out of the collaboration with uh, ASI and UTF um, if uh, if that kind of collaboration can be made in terms of setting up um, a somewhat you know independent communication system where we can have exchange of information, um, particularly in the Pan-African world, because we don't get any positive news that comes out of our communities um, to inspire our children, to inform them, to inform ourselves so that we know what's going on in different areas. Um, you know, just like there's, there's a lot of, you know, issues going on in West Papua and um, in the uh, Congo um, information that we don't give regular information on, whereas if we have our own communications network, you know, we could make sure that those areas get um, the kind of attention that they need and deserve. Okay, that's that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, okay, let's start out with uh, myself. When I was at uh, 16 years old, I followed my brothers uh, to a gathering with uh, Don Warden and Henry Ramsey and uh, uh, Felton Henderson. Um, Ramsey and, and Felton became judges later on. Uh, Don changed his name later on to uh, Khalid Al-Mansur, Tariq Al-Mansur. Um, and Ken Freeman, Ken Freeman later on changed his name to Mamadou. And uh, the organization also had uh, UAP Newton and the Bobby Seals. We were all over there at City College, and uh, Oakland City College. Some people in their books refer to it as Oakland Mirror College, but at that time in the early 60s, it was called Oakland City College. Anyway, the, the um, African-American Association just went around uh, free of charge, exposing wherever possible uh, black people to developments that we have done in the past, what we're doing today, uh, and, and sort of what you guys are doing right now as we talk, but we didn't have this type of advanced technology. <laughs> we we just had to speak on the street corners. Uh, eventually, and, and my partner, Karina, he came in around 1963 in L.A. because um, he was at one of the rallies as well, and then he wound up heading up the L.A. chapter of the African-American Association. It's sort of interesting that U.S.P. Newton and Ron Karina was in the same group, uh, in that they were both preacher's kids, uh, and they wind up getting in a conflict with each other. Uh, but there was some, some uh, anxieties going on with Huey, Ron, and Amadou at the time. But as I was saying earlier, uh, I stayed in the, in the sciences, uh, engineering, and math uh, courses at Oakland City College, while mostly everybody else were in the um, sociological, uh, philosophical-based classes. And... Um, while I can talk to people about their subject matter, very few people could talk to me about, you know, some Faraday's law or something in in, uh, in electrical engineering. So I had to, what we call code switch among, among our own people. But since that time, we've always been pushing um, to get more uh, black people internationally now, uh, but early on, just in the United States, get more of us in the sciences uh Technology, engineering, and math. So we started a group, uh, Black Engineering Science Student Association, uh, at UC Berkeley. We, uh, I, in fact, out of my apartment, I had a printing press and sent out literature throughout the United States uh, on my dime. We had stamps then; we didn't have the internet, so it was quite costly to, to uh, produce that. But basically, uh, NSBE was formed, the National Society of Black Engineers. There are 30,000 of these students now across the U.S. There's uh, 43,000 if you uh, count the alumni. Uh, but still, we need to increase more so the number of African Americans, especially in certain fields such as uh, energy-based engineers, uh, mining, and material scientists. So there are certain fields that we need to uh, master to develop some of the resources that we have access to uh, on the continent of Africa. Uh, but anyway, uh, I've just been pushing all these years. Uh, there's been people pushing with me, just like uh, 
Camila and you and you and uh, Jim, and we're still here pushing uh, some of the people that fell off the bandwagon, <laughs> but we're still here um, uh, developing wherever we can um, uh, black people worldwide in uh, enhancing um, you know their conditions. So that's one question. Now the uh, other thing in terms of of communication. That's real sort of tricky because everybody is trying to get a part of the minds of people. And people with deep pockets, they have access to uh, advertise that, as example, the Urban Tech Fair exists so everybody can log on. So we basically got to push people to this new technology. And that's something that uh, Jim and you guys, uh, Kabila, are working on to push people to use the new technologies because there's information out there. Uh, Panapress has uh, a lot of information. AllAfrica.com has uh, a lot of information on developments in Africa. Um, there's the uh, Africa Channel, Africa Sun Times. There's a whole lot of information, but you have to be able to push people to it. And remember, we're in competition with organizations such as the March uh, Madness that's going on right now. So uh, there has to be some level of excitement created to get people to uh, look at us uh, who are in competition with, with other sources of uh, information. Uh, there's, there's music going on. There's, there's sports going on. There's just so many things going on that tap into folks' mind. We're be competing with television. So uh, anyway, it's, uh, I like competition, so we're pursuing that. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for the work that you're doing, and you know, we really appreciate you know uh, uh, the work that you've put in over the years. Yeah, well, thank you guys. <laughs> you still well, here. Firstly, before you uh, you you end your question, uh, for those that are listening on the radio, as we said, this is being uh, recorded and downloadable on iTunes. Uh, why don't you tell the uh, listeners about your organization, the Congress of African People? and how to get in contact with you. Oh, okay, thank you, Jim. Um, yes, we, we started um, uh, actually in 2011. Um, I co-founded an a online group called the International Year for People of African Descent, um, IPAD, I-Y-P-A-D. And um, uh, we found that many people didn't know that the U.N. had um, had designated that year as the year for people of African descent. So we tried to, um, we built an organization online of about 6,000 people and tried to just share information and network with people from throughout and around the Pan-African uh, world. And, uh, and so halfway through 2011, um, I got the notion that, you know, the International Year for People of African Descent is only going to be one year. And so right away I began to think of how I could develop a more permanent organization. And so um, I started, when we built iPad, I ran to a lot of people who were a part of this organization that had started in 1970 called the Congress of African People, which Amiri Baraka had um, started. And they are the ones that really were responsible for for spreading Kwanzaa throughout the rest of the world um, and expanding it into a Pan-African holiday rather than just a national um, African-American holiday. And so I ran into a lot of those people because the um, Congress of African people had actually um, uh, they had, uh, disbanded around 1975. And so I thought it would be good to call a lot of these people, you know, back to, um, you know, back to duty, so to speak, because I had just uh, retired myself recently, and I figured that a lot of those people were at the retirement age but still wanted to do something and remain relevant in the struggle. And so I uh, restarted the uh, Congress of African People, and now we have probably between 11,000 and 13,000 uh, people from around the Pan-African world who are signed up on our online site, but... Uh, as we have uh, recently made an association with the Friends of the African People under the leadership of uh, Herschel Daniels, um, we actually want to 
take the Congress of African People and make it a um, a offline um, uh, uh, structure that we can use to uh, develop a plebiscite so that we can elect uh, people uh, to be chosen as delegates to the African Union to have a permanent status. Um, and hopefully we can do that within the next year or two. And so um, the Congress of African People is also broken down. We have like 50 different 50 different um, uh, rooms on, on Facebook, and uh, the rooms are broken down. Um, we have a, a, a trade and commerce room. We have a IT room. We have a, a STEM room. We have an education room. We have uh, fashion, um, cultural development. Uh, we have So we have a lot of all the designations, you know, all the different sectors that people work in and um, and are interested in. We have a children's room, of course. We have a youth room, um, men, women. And so uh, um, those are the things that attract people to come to our site. And in fact, some people say that they even have like a family hour where they bring the children and everybody comes on and, and post and read uh, the posts that are in the site. So um, we're very, uh, we feel very good about, you know, the work that we're doing in that area. Well, we appreciate you coming online and participating in the uh, show tonight. We know that you're a big supporter of the Urban Tech Fair, and that's what the Urban Tech Fair is about, is showcasing organizations such as yourself that are doing fantastic work in our community with little or no resources, just volunteering and out the goodness of their heart. Uh, we've got to set up a time, Jackie, so we can have Wesley on the show as well. But tonight's Leaders' Night. Do we have any other questions, uh, our people online, Jack? Yes, we do. We have um, Michael, which is um, Prime. He is on the line, calling from the 815. Hello, Michael. Hello. How are we, how's everybody doing tonight? Uh, uh, fine, thank you. Fine. Good. Mr. It's finally good to meet you, uh, uh, Mr. Cherry and Mr. Newsom and, and Wallamu, you do know me already. I'm the, actually the administ- administrator for the CAP STEM room. Okay, oh, okay. okay. I, I've been to that STEM room. They have a lot of good information that comes up there. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, that's Jim, what we're doing. Jim, can I say a word about Michael? Yes, go ahead. If I if I could, um, I, I just wanted to say about Michael. Michael is Michael Ford from Chicago. And um, I didn't you know up to about a year or two ago, I didn't even know what STEM was. And um, one of the people in, in the uh, CAP, we call it CAP, the Congress of African People, short for short as CAP. Um, one of the people suggested that we start a STEM room. And so, you know, Michael, Michael had came into the room, and so I saw where he was really interested in posting a lot of things, and I asked him if he would be moderator for the room. And uh, and he said yes. And so really the 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 reason the STEM room is so successful, it, it's probably one of our it is our most successful room, is because of Michael. And you know he volunteers his time and he he holds engaging discussions and you know and 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 relates with all the people that are in that room and he kind of holds it all together. And and really STEM is just an interest of his. And um, he's done great work for us. I just wanted to just give him those kudos because I really appreciate the work that he's been doing for us. Oh, this is great. Because well, uh, we're coming Mike. to Chicago. We're coming to Chicago uh, in September, and we're partnering with the National Lewis University there. Okay. And we're going to have a conference, and also the uh, uh, state of Illinois is involved with us. Uh, we're having a mixer. There it's going to be on September 26th, and I'd like to uh, get you involved. So I need you to contact me, and we can start our dialogue. Uh, our email address is African Scientific Institute uh, at gmail dot com. Okay. So if you can send me information, uh, we can start working on this gathering that's going to take place in Chicago. All right, that, that sounds excellent. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And Wallen was definitely being being much too kind. I said, as I as I always say, this is actually a group effort. What we do um, in the room, like I said, it's just not me. It's that we have brilliant people 
who come in the room and come with ideas that, you know, some are definitely outside the box, but that's good. And that's because I believe that's really what we need these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I was posting it as I was telling the the, uh, the main, uh, sorry, the moderator for the, you know, for the phone, uh, for this phone call earlier um, in, the, in the chat room. I said one of my um, interests, we talk about like the general relativity, special relativity, in quantum mechanics, and in terms of technology, what yeah. I'm seeing coming around right now is a big push in nanotechnology and quantum computing. Yes, and, yes. And that's really, and I said, you know, and I've kind of been thinking about, like, there are resources out there, you know, said, you know, I haven't seen your entire site yet, Mr. Cherry, but I said resources out there for um, getting young people involved in these types of technologies, like I said, my son, I, I found a website where um, you could show how nanotechnology actually works through experimentation virtually, and he's only seven. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and get, but getting them involved in these types of things because <laughs> that's what is coming around the bend. In the next 10 years, yeah. Yeah. IBM's actually already delivering a commercial quantum computer now. So yeah. 10 years from now, it's going to become commonplace. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and that's one of the things that we need to do uh, collectively is to expose uh, our people to future technologies because what we people see what we're doing today and they, they prepare themselves as though what we're doing today is going to be around tomorrow, and that probably will not be the case. So we need to uh, be diligent, uh, due diligent in some of the things that, will be occurring in the future. One project that I had the opportunity to work on is, uh, as you well know, uh, the Department of Defense, uh, through their DARPA site, uh, get people uh, involved in some of the technologies that the Department of Defense needs, but also the the Department of Defense has to know uh, what new technologies are evolving at any time, anywhere in the world um, for security purposes. And mm-hmm. we need to be about a similar uh, thing to know what is occurring uh, uh, now and in the future anywhere in the world. So not only will we be looking at developments that black people are involved in, but developments wherever they might be, whether it's in China, India, uh, Singapore, wherever. So uh, this is exciting that we're all uh, on the same page uh, trying to help our children uh, move forward uh, into the future. Right, and like I said, again, you know, just getting them started early, like I said, you know, with STEM-related um, projects, you know, say this has become vital. Like I said, as I told the moderator earlier in the chat room, I wish they had a type of support when I was in school, but unfortunately, yeah. but, but unfortunately, you know, growing up in the 1980s and where I was at, the focus, yeah. of course, my school was at was on basketball teams. I understand. Anybody yeah. ever <laughs> exactly, you know. Well, of course, I say it was a predominantly African American neighborhood, and so a lot of yeah. the resources were spent on sports instead of STEM-related projects. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so like I said, you know, given that we're in the information age now, there basically there is no reason for a child not to know some of these things before the age of ten. Yeah, that's it's, it's almost unconscionable to say, like, how could you not? We have, you know, the biggest network. <laughs> You know, the plant, the yeah. plant, the plant's connected. How can you not know these things? And see, a lot of people don't know that uh, Mark Hanna came out of Chicago. And mm-hmm. Mark Hanna, as you well know, uh, if you look at a computer and you sort of see a 3D image, uh, that's his patent. And uh, he was instrumental along with a few other people in setting up Silicon Graphics uh, uh, Corporation, through mm-hmm. which the uh, movie uh, uh, Jurassic Park was, was developed using those computers. But he came out of Chicago. Uh, Dr. Mae Jemison, the first African-American into uh, space, uh, she also came out of Chicago, getting mm. exposed to some of the things uh, that you are exposing uh, your children to. So uh, the possibilities are there and in this because it's been done before and it's being done as we speak. Right. And so like I said, that's why I'm hoping to see this, you know, more in the future. You know, so uh, when we tell what we tell people, I said about you know the STEM room or different, you know, you know like your your site. Like I said I I just look at it for the first time today and it's like, wow, this is good. 
this needs to come out even more so. Now, you know, one thing that's sort of tricky, and that's something that we all have to talk about, uh, there are two things that's going on. While racism is still there in, in as many cult forms, um, there's also the business side uh, of any company. As example, we know some of the people who are working at Apple. We know some of the people working at HP and, and Microsoft. But they're not really allowed to talk uh, about what they are doing because, you know, uh, you have right. a lot of poaching going on. People steal each other's scientists uh, from moment to moment. Absolutely. Um, and then several scientists, as we know, 63% of all engineers work directly or indirectly for the Department of Defense. So they cannot be going around talking a lot. Uh, so um, we need to expose our children that uh, we're doing a lot of, lot of good things. At the same time, we have to be careful about how we expose uh, ourselves and some of the things that these scientists are doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, like I said, which when it comes to like I said, when it comes to science development, you know, you know the political aspect of it. Like I said, I've you know, if you see things I've posted in the room, you know, if I develop anything, say it would be for basically for health and healing, never for destruction. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I was like, I'm not interested in anything that's going to be have a destructive purpose to it. You know, it's like you know, about one thing. Uh, give you an example, just one example of of that. Uh, whatever could be uh, developed beneficially can also be developed for mayhem. As an yes. example, if you think of the um, the radioactive isotope that you use in your body to uh, determine if there's a blockage in your arteries, yes, that, that same technology uh, has been used to develop the neutron bomb. Right. So, so yes, never know who's watching over your shoulder and their intentions, and so we have to know the yin and the yang of any development. Right. Right, basically, in other words, before thinking about it, it's like how can this be used for destructive purposes and try <laughs> yes, to mitigate yes. that as much as possible? Yes, 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 yes. Right, okay. Well, like I said, I would say I will let you, um, you gentlemen, cont- continue, but I just wanted to call and say again, I'm, you know, thank you for having me on, and, and I'm really happy to see what's developing, you know, especially among African people in, in terms of STEM. This is good. Like I said, we need our young people to see this so they don't need to say just well let's look at little wayne and lebron and say oh that's the only way i'm getting out of the situation i might be in right now <laughs> like you can forget all Sydney, that and Sydney, mike send me your your email information so we can start dialoguing okay i'll definitely yeah. i'll, I'll do that i said we're coming to chicago yeah be yes, aware sir. mike that at every urban tech fair we will have a day specifically designated as Family Day where we will have different workshops and activities designed specifically for uh, uh, youngsters and their parents to work on on science, technology, math, and engineering, STEM-type programs through games and through different uh, uh, workshops and activities. So, yes, we are going to be, as you say, trying to highlight organizations such as yourself such as Lee, such as Wesley's, where people can find and further their interest. But our goal at the Urban Tech Fair is to create awareness and to spark that interest and then begin to guide and motivate and create mentorship in and among collaboration, in and among the different grassroots organizations that are currently working towards our all mutual and similar goal of community empowerment. Jackie, do we have someone else on? Uh, waiting for a call. Um, no one else is um, waiting to speak. We do have other callers, but they haven't um, asked to speak. And I did want to share. I did ask Mike on the side to say, "Oh, Mike, we need you to help us with our STEM Family Day." So our Family Day <laughs> during the seven day fair, I already hit him up while you <laughs> before you said it because he was talking about some of the great activities. Because I really want. Um, you know, to bring it alive. Because we can say science, technology, engineering, and math, but if we can't associate a vision in our head with it, it's going to be hard for us to manifest it. And so we, you know, 
as much as possible, especially during the STEM Family Day, I want to bring visual images so people can start understanding what that is. Because sometimes people may think it's, oh, this is just too complicated or too far or, you know, or they just lost and they, they have a fog. So I want them to clearly understand what that is through interactive activities. And um, it, the parents have to be a part of it because, you know, there are programs, and we're getting reports in from um, people working in the programs because of the lack of understanding on the parents' part. They don't support it. And it could be yeah. even if something is a young person comes home and says, well, i got to design a game. Now, you're not sitting up there playing no no video games at all. You better go do your homework. Not understanding that. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, where they need to be and what they need to be doing. So, you know, the lack of understanding of technology and all, they don't know how to support it. Right. So um, we definitely need to. I heard you talking about the nanotechnology, you know, just different things and get different projects that we can definitely add to that day would be, you know, fun. Right, yeah. and like I said, and there's free, and there's plenty of free resources to you know to actually you know to actually do this. I mean, you go everything from basic, you know, mechanical mechanics. I mean, things that like little robots come out and say, "Hey, this is this right here." Can you tell if this is a a simple machine or is it a lab? You know, and things of that nature. So kids would be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, this looks like fun." Like I said, my son does it all the time. He he begs to play it sometimes to get to get those things, and it's starting to be instilled in him. Like, oh. This is a lever, mm-hmm. right? You know, say this. Say this is what this does. This is, you know, this is a, t- a screw type machine. This is what this does. So when he gets older, these things are not going to be like big machines. Like I don't get it. He's known since he was a child, so it would make it a lot easier from the transition to more advanced things. Yeah, yeah. You got to plant that seed. Uh, right. Now I I know that your organization ASI is uh, primarily a uh, a research and uh, educational institution nationally uh, here in the U.S., but as we've discussed many times, there's a lot of activities and world interest now focused in on Africa from many different directions, whether we're talking about the uh, Russians and the Chinese competing for uh, <laughs> land, buying, and investing, or whether we're talking about some of the conflicts that are going on over the rare earth materials that are located yeah. there. Can you talk a little bit about that and how the ASI is working with uh, uh, different uh, organizations in Africa to address some of those issues? <laughs> yes, there's a lot of intrigue going on around the world. Uh, what has happened recently, uh, China Bank, uh, the Bank of China, has now exceeded um, the World Bank and the Asian Development Bank in issuing loans. Uh, some time ago, about six months ago, China uh, leaders said with Africa, we don't need the West. Uh, and it sort of sent a message, a chilling message to leaders in the United States that China is going after resources to develop China and rekindle relationships that they had early on with Africa. Um, they have gotten involved uh, with South Africa and developing this BRICS organization. That's B-R-I-C-S, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, to look at new ways that the South-South can relate to each other and develop uh, their resources and skill base. Um, the United States uh, and Europe is a little concerned about this, to say the least. Uh, as you know, without Africa, there is no real need to speak French. If you notice, the, the latest uh, coups that always occur in Africa seem to be around uh, a French uh, speaking country, and as long as you keep turbulence going in the country, you can help control that country, and you mm. also get them in debt a lot. So, I believe that um, uh, some of the things that that people are talking about now, how do you help develop Africa through the AU? Uh, they are looking at establishing uh, or beginning to start talking about the United States of Africa, whether it's using the European model or the United States model, but they want to come more together collectively, and they want to use science and technology as an engine to help that type of development. Uh, South Africa is pushing uh, to support that. Uh, you get about five countries in Africa to support that. Uh, so uh, ASI has gotten involved 
only because, not only because, but uh, it's primarily because ASI fellows are in these very strategic areas, and they look uh, to work with the diaspora to support developments in their country. And so they reach out to, to us and other uh, black people in the world to support uh, support them. And that's one of the basis of the workshop that's going on now, or will start Monday uh, in Washington, D.C., with uh, uh, Jimmy Adisa. Now, Jimmy's name is spelled J-I-N-M-I. He's the head of the organization that represents the sixth um, region of of, uh, of Africa through the AU. He's the director of that. So um, they're reaching out, and we're there to support them as much as possible while maintaining our primary objective, and that's to get more of us, more black people in the science and technology. Now, from that perspective, you wear so many hats when you go to different events like that, as, as you said earlier in your bio, as in your introduction, uh, that, you know, uh, you was one of the, uh, the founders of the uh, uh, NSPE, National Society for Black Engineers, and then as yeah. one of the uh, originators of the movement with uh, uh, the uh, Ron Kwanza and uh, Ron Koanga and the uh, Kwanza movement, and as uh, Wesley and other people came on the on the line and recognized your your background in the uh, uh, social movement. So, would you describe yourself more as a a scientist or as a uh, a social leader? You know, really. I'd rather been on a spaceship somewhere, you know, uh, out on some planet in the universe. But no, I got stuck here with uh, with the revolution, <laughs> and and uh, wind up having to understand um, various facets and needs of uh, black people here and, and around the world. So we look for support out of religious leaders, intellectual leaders, you know, through academia. We look at sociological uh, leaders, uh, political leaders, economic leaders, and cultural leaders to to uh, support things that we want to do. Uh, most scientists work with budgets. That is, somebody else go get the money. Now, as you know, people watch money very closely, uh, and a lot of times there's a lot of intrigue involved in who gets what money, and a lot of times the scientists back away from some of that intrigue. Uh, but because ASI and some people that work with ASI uh, want to move forward, we we need some funds. And as a result, we find ourselves getting involved in intrigue with partnering uh, with individuals who uh, impact policy. And some of this policy, policy lead to, like, uh, operations like AGOA, the African Growth uh, and Opportunities Act. Uh, so... We cannot avoid it if we want to actually put projects on the ground because all of them involve some, some level of funding. Okay. Now we have like three minutes left, and so yes. if we want to get in any of our last minute anything in um, with anyone, um, if you want to call in, Call in now to 646-716-7994. Again, that call-in number is 646-716-7994. We will stop streaming in about two minutes. And, um, um, like, what we like to do is tell um, – I have a final question, and we're going to end it with you, Lee. Um, okay. And when we end with you, we're going to leave out on Move the Crowd because we want to just impart upon people with all this great wisdom and knowledge. We don't just want you to sit back and listen in your ten corners. We want to move you to action. So the question is, first I'm going to give you the order. We are going to start with Michael. We're going to go with um, Mwalu. Then we're going to go to Jim. And we're going to end it with Lee. Michael, Mwalu, Jim, Lee. And here's the question. You have 30 seconds in the whole world listening. What do you want to share? (laughs) Go ahead, Michael. 
Okay, I'm sorry. Actually, there was some interference, and I actually couldn't hear anything. Oh, okay. So if, you, if you have 30 seconds in the whole world listening, what do you have to say? I have to. I basically have to say is let's really begin to um, drive home the idea that uh, STEM, um, basically science, technology, engineering, and math, on, is not for someone with IQs over 150, 170. It's for the common person. Anyone and everyone can do science because you do it every day without even realizing it. When you are stepping over a, you know, something in the street, your mind is doing a differential equation that says, I need to go over this way in order for you not to fall. Actually, I already have these abilities with you, so there's no reason to ever fear these things. And once we get over that fear of, like I said, of understanding what, you know, you know, and how it's applied in, you know, in different areas of our lives, we can bring that to our children and put it to them in such a way is that they are not no longer afraid of it or thinking they have to be, you know, Einstein in order to understand it. It is perfectly understandable. It's perfectly reasonable, but in the in the proper format for the person. But basically, I say it in other words, just to encourage people, you know, to pursue these things and not be afraid of them. That's what I would have to say. Great, great. Um, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you. Yes. yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, uh, similarly, um, I'm so glad that I've discovered STEM in the last two years. It's opened up a whole new world to me, and and it's an honor to to really be associated with um, the likes of Lee Cherry and um, and those who are associated with the African Science Institute. Um, and I have come to the belief that um, that much of those things that we as a community of people will grow and develop within the next 10 to 15 years will be because of the things that we discover and the things that we um, uh, become associated with within the STEM world. Um, I think it's going to open up a whole new world for us. STEM people... Um, are more directed towards satisfying, doing things that satisfy human needs. And and as Lee pointed out, um, not only are they creative minds, but they also um, have uh, a good analytical ability, and I think those are the things that we need. Many of our leaders in the past have been social scientists, um, but one of the greatest leaders in um, in Africa was actually a STEM. Um, that's Amakar Cabral. He was an agronomist. He was trained as an agronomist, and um, and he was the most analytical and the most efficient of the African leaders. And if you read his works, you'll find that out. Um, so okay. that's 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 my pitch. <laughs> great, great. And you know, in in my statement, this show is an example. I'm often asked, "Well, what is an urban tech fair?" An urban tech fair is a collaboration of all the organizations and community groups that are working in our neighborhood to empower, educate, and lift us up. Our model is discover Silicon Valley in your own backyard. And every show I'm discovering new information from new organizations, from callers like yourself, Wesley, uh, Ford. Uh, you know, it was such an honor to have you to participate in the show, and we thank you because you are what the Urban Tech Fair is, in the spirit of Ubuntu, we are because of you. Uh, Ali? Yes, you know, a diddle to everybody's uh, statement. But what I'm uh, interested in people knowing is that if you're willing to move forward, if you're willing to put projects on the ground, if you want to keep up with developments in science and technology, uh, please contact people through the Urban Tech Fair or contact uh, the African Scientific Institute, uh, contact uh, Kabila's group. Just stay in touch with us, and we're all networked together, so we keep each other abreast, especially if you want to do some work. Uh, we're looking for people who want to work. Thank you. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before I bring out your feature, hold up. I, I need everybody's attention real quick. Up top, up top, up top to look. 
I know y'all, y'all, y'all get nice at the bar, y'all bellies is full, and I appreciate that energy because we need that love in here. But real quick, my man got something to say. He want to take the stage, but I need, I need y'all to, um, I need all eyes up here. I, I need, I need focus. You know what I mean, if y'all could please, you know I mean, take the cafeteria, lunchroom, school shit, and um, break it down to a church sermon, like just for, for five minutes. My man got something he want to say to y'all. Hey, Shice, come on, man. Hope you can uh, calm him down. How can I move the crowd? It's a question I ask myself every day, new week beginning, the world still spinning in a social decline. Got so many thoughts on my mind, can't wait to get to the venue and share some issues. Not rob and realize nobody cares about the poet's tears, ideas, hope, aspirations, and fears. See, he came for the ladies and she came for the drinks. And my mind starts to sink into a situation of deep dread, thoughts pounding in my head when I'm called to the stage and I breathe. Read excerpts from the book of my life. Stand on stage and I turn the page and I realize I'm talking to a crowd of closed minds and dead eyes. Just wanted to share the art, but the words get sacrificed upon the cross. Because my sisters are dealing with her own pain. Another broken relationship thought that man would be the one. And street violence took somebody else's son. And as a daughter home pregnant at 14 in the hood, got a way of crushing all our dreams. Got a father upstate, a mother with a drug habit, you just can't shake it. I want to speak to the crowd about the African child soldier in the Congo with the AKs. But right here, we got juvenile gangsters stuck in their ways. You can give it to me. And I put it all in my book of poems to make a burnt offering to the mantle. Because if life is in shambles, trust me, ain't nothing you can't handle. But oh my God, it's hard. But tonight, we're going to turn this open mic into the afterlife. Here and now, it's heaven on earth. And it's going to get beautiful like a black baby's bird. Can't grip walk when I talk. Get low when I spit fire. Spoken word, good deacon, need you to hum along with the choir. This is Street Life Salvation, up ye mighty nation, off the plantation. I'm so real, I'm drinking 40 ounces of liquid freedom while weak minds work the field. And African blood still spills from the masses bullwhip. But he gonna have to slow down, I'll carry a full clip. How can I move the crowd? It's a sign on the door, no niggas allowed. I only came to build with the gods, head to the sky. Shice is your big brother, you can call on me. It's Satan on your back, trust me. I'm knocking out all bullies, the devil ain't got nothing for me. I'm more powerful than a nigga. Real spiritual African legacy just rolls off my tongue like drums. Poetic rhythms to hip hop break beats when I speak to the gods. Peace. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.